You're listening to the Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, how good was it to watch Joey Danaher get those goals in the last quarter to get us over the line against the Hawks after a putrid first quarter? Oh, mate, this whole first half, I reckon. But um, no, absolutely. Joe Danaher, brilliant. On the night, um, you know, he starved for opportunity obviously early, but then once he got into the game, he just didn't stop bobbing up. It was it was fantastic. And look, I think um, you know I'm not going to be taking pot shots at people who questioned his ability to be ready because, to be honest with you, I was thinking the same thing myself. But geez, didn't he fly at the ball and he was kicking around the body? He's um, he actually had a bloody good leg on him. I reckon his field kicking was fantastic, and we saw him hit up Tipper in the forward line there and. A couple others, and yeah, he was just absolutely fantastic to see, and I reckon he just shows that anyone who doubted how important Joe Danaher was to the Essendon Bombers lineup, uh, well, they just saw how much of a difference he can make. Uh, and he's an A grader, you know, a full flight. He's an A grader. He was a All Australian centre half forward. You know, he was capable of kicking sixty three goals that year, and we haven't had that. And you know, the Bombers have been slammed by the media and. Yeah, quite rightfully in some areas, but uh, you've got to take into account we haven't had this guy for the best part of two and a half seasons of the last three. And uh, I was saying to a person at work, I said, well, you know, he's nowhere near a Wayne Carey, but you wonder how good would North be if uh, Carey had missed, like, you know, two and a half years out of three in his prime? Um, Certainly, I wouldn't think North would be as flying as high as they did during that mid-90s point. So, um, yeah, I think that's all got to be taken into account. Uh, unfortunately, using the injury excuse is just hollow because, you know, you never feel good about that. But uh, it was just fantastic to see him. And I just love the energy the players showed towards him. Uh, when he got that first goal, they all ran down there and he showed plenty of emotion. And uh, it was fantastic to watch. And uh, as they said, at the end of the game... Was he giving us a little bit of a clue when he said he'd like to keep moving forward with this club? I hope that is a sign that he is, uh, you know, moving to the situation of maybe extending his career with the Bombers. Well, I'd love to see that. I saw a uh, a cheeky tweet by one of the Bombers faithful on Twitter, the, uh, Fiona, who's a big um, sort of Bombers fan, and she said, uh, "Look, I can't say who, what, where, when, but." In the next week or so, we'll get some very good news. So I'm hoping that's a, a little tidbit of perhaps Jerry Danaher is looking to commit to the club. Um, look, it could all be, uh, you know, a bit of a furphy and, you know, we've all been fooled by uh, people before on the internet. So, nah, sit tight, be confident. But look, um, you know, let's hope it's good news with Joe Danaher. And as, as you said, mate, he said himself, He's looking to foot, look uh, move forward with this club, and let's um, let's hope it means he's going to sign up again. Because if we can go into next year uh, with a with a healthier list and certainly a full flight Joe Danaher, uh, it'd be a much better prospect than what we've sort of seen this year. Oh, definitely, we've been uh, absolutely hit hard by injuries this year, and as I said, it's a hollow excuse, but it's a valid one. And, you know, if you don't have your best players in the park, it makes sense that you're going to have poorer performances. Um, I think the frustration for Bomber fans has been the game plan. And uh, that was in full flight uh, in the first half. That was a, oh, 
I can only uh, you know, imagine how many expletives were um, shared across Australia with Essendon fans watching that first half because um, I know I dropped them uh, pretty <laughs> pretty consistently through, through that first half because it was just horrible to watch and you know, the amount of times we overhandled, uh, I just thought, where are we going? Uh, you know, we be, keep being told, be patient, be patient, but it felt like we were going backwards a million miles a minute. And, uh, yeah, when, it, when, when you see the second half, you're outscoring the same side that you were playing in the first half. I think it was 72 to 19. That's an amazing turnaround. It's the fourth best comeback from half time for the Bombers in their history. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's uh, real Jekyll and Hyde stuff because the stuff they dished out in the first half was absolutely woeful. Uh, and then the second half was electric, as you said. So, mate, a, a tale of two halves to be sure. Well, before we get into the game, I'll probably we'll just go around the bomber news that we've been able to gather and uh, we've seen to be the uh, target from a lot of media personalities this week and Obviously, a lot of people had their opinions about us playing Joe Danaher without any scratch match form. Um, Mark McClure and Sam McClure, and uh, then you have um, Kane Corns. And Kane Corns has come up with another bit of tidbit about Essendon, saying that Arazio Fantasia will put in uh, a trade, or will ask for a trade, but this time not to Port, to Adelaide itself. Uh, what do you think of that one, man? Oh, look, I'd be pretty disappointed. Um, you'd have to think that, you know, there may be something there. Um, but, uh, look, you know, it was the same thing last year where we thought I he must be gone for sure because there was all this kerfuffle and um, Raz came out and said, well, I never said anything, so, um, you know, you can sort of stick it up your jumper kind of thing. So, um Look, um, let's hope it's just clickbait. Uh, you know, certainly Kane Corns has got form for that. But um, look, you, you'd never discount, I guess, the the threat, if you will, for a better word, um, of, you know, the go-home factor for Raz. Because, um, I mean, these, these rumours have been around for a few years now. But um, look, I guess, you know, for, for us going forward... I really do want to see players who want to play for the jumper. If they don't want to play for the Essendon Football Club, uh, their hearts are elsewhere. Uh, and certainly, even Raz's performance this year, um, like he is coming off injury, but they certainly haven't so shown the sort of um, you know heart that he's had previously. Um, you know, maybe we just sort of like, thanks for thanks for your uh, time at the club and. Off you go. I, I definitely hope he stays. I think he's a really classy player, but I mean, you don't want to keep someone around if they're if they're not willing to, uh, you know, do their all for the club. Uh, what do you reckon, mate? Well, I think the biggest uh, concern for Raz should be getting out in the park more uh, consistently. You know, he's really battled with injuries, especially the last two years, um, especially in that 2017 season. He was hot property. You know, he was. One of the best, you know, small forwards going round. He had so much skill and class, and I think it's been really sad to see him, yeah, you know, cut down the last couple of years. And he just hasn't been able to provide what he what he did previously. And let's face it, he'd be on pretty good coin 
So uh, I'm the same uh, ten, trend, uh, trend of you saying that um, if you don't want to be here, that's fine. Um, we understand you're from interstate. Uh, let us do the best deal that the Essendon Football Club can do and we'll assist you. But, um, yeah, I, I hope it's smokescreen and Raz is committed. I know he's contracted for next year as well. So Essendon certainly have the power play, so to speak, um, knowing he's under contract. And, uh, yeah, the Crows, I don't even know what they would offer, mate, because obviously they're going to have pick one, it looks like. They're not going to offer pick one. So then you start looking at the uh, front end of the second round. Um, so, yeah, is that along the lines? You know, if you're talking about pick 19 or 20, um, maybe that's about his value, especially coming back from injury. I'm sure Adelaide will be pushing for a third round pick, but, um, you know, I, I don't know where that's going, that one. There's, there seems to be a lot of smoke, and they say where smoke there is fire, so there must be some uh, truth to that. But it's, to my mind, uh, because he hasn't been able to get onto the park, I don't think it will cut me as much as it would have, um, you know, especially two years ago if he had it just walked. Yeah, absolutely. That's a fair call, that, Jane. All right, well, why don't we get into the game? Because it doesn't seem to be that much more news unless you've got anything, mate. Um, no, not, not really, mate. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I think no, we're still waiting on the news for Jordan Ridley's contract. We'll uh, hope that's that's happening. Um, but no, if we, if we get into the, the game, James, like that, <laughs> that first quarter, um, look, we actually had an opportunity uh, going forward early. But Saad just popped it up really high, and the Hawks took it away easily. And that's that disappointing thing where we we've just bombed it into our forward line uh, with really bad effect. And you know, as the Hawks got it down their way, Gunston got an easy shot, like an easy mark, and luckily he missed the shot on goal. Uh, and then when Saad bumped Warple late, um, yeah, they got a fifty, and that was paid. Luckily he missed. Uh, but then Warple got another shot at goal from an easy mark right on 50, uh, and he finally made his pay from that one. It was just really sloppy defending. We we just really didn't come out firing uh, in that first quarter. It's like we were just sort of waking up. Yeah, you wondered if it was the uh, you know, five-day break from the game in Darwin, and then you've got to travel down to South Australia. So I wondered... You know, were they, did they have no zip in their legs? And I was really worried how, how the game was going to go, considering how we started. But then the ball went up our way, mate, and we got a couple of points uh, through Langford and Parrish. But, um, yeah, we couldn't find that elusive goal. Nah, and and each time Hawthorne got the, goal, got the ball, rather, uh, they're all to just move it up the ground so easy, just pinpoint passes, um, you know, chip it over the top to people who were sitting five, ten metres out of their own. And that was just really disappointing. That defensive pressure just wasn't there from us. Uh, but then there was that lovely kick from Danaher from half-back to Guelphie uh, at the sort of centre-half line there. And it was just great vision. So, yeah, we got that chance of goal, as you say, through Parrish, you missed. Um, and then finally got another opportunity forward. Uh, there was another great delivery from Danaher to Snelling. He passed it to McGrath. He ran inside 50, but then he absolutely packed himself. Um, 
he just put a rubbish handball into nowhere and yeah again the the Hawks just whipped it away but then you know thank goodness Tipper uh you know he wasn't having any more of this uh he took a grab from outside 50 and sort of faked as he was running in and then ran in a little bit more and dobbed it from 50 out and it was just a fantastic goal that was a ripper goal uh he backed himself and we've said all year uh we've thought tipper's been quite reserved having shots a goal he's looked to give it off a lot and he did have the option in stringer there but i was glad he took the game by the you know by the horns basically and said no nah, i've got this and he you know proved that he could kick well from 50 and that was our first goal yeah, mate. Um, but look, that whole quarter, we were just so handball happy, like all over the ground. So we stuffed around with it uh, and put ourselves under pressure and coughed up the footy in the end. And that happened at all parts of the ground, like in the in the midfield, when we got it up forward, even in defence at times. And yeah, Hawthorne were really making us look second rate. Yeah, they continued to get another goal through James Cousins. And oh, yeah, it was very frustrating watching that. And then uh, Mozzie had a little opportunity. Um, it wasn't the easiest shot, and but he, he missed that one. And uh, yeah, we were down at quarter time, and uh, I was just thinking, God, I hope it gets better from here. Yeah, well, you know, that, as we went into that second quarter, you know, after stuffing around with those silly little handballs, um, it was great to see we finally got it forward, and Jackie Stringer was able to kick that classy snap through uh, for a goal. But um, apart from that, mate, there weren't many highlights in that second quarter. We were just so poor. You know, there were dinky handballs, panic kicks. But the one constant lately has been a lack of structure and no semblance of a game plan. Look, I was just, you know, shaking my head. Just, you know, what are we, uh, Essendon Football Club? You know, because, you know... Hawthorne, um, if I'm quite honest, like they weren't playing super well themselves. Like they were, they were kicking well, but you know, really their contest work was was pretty down. Like we were winning with clearances and things like that. Um, so really, it was just our boy use that was making us look so poor. And um, yeah, really, the we did look second rate, and it was all from our own doing. Yeah, and I've got to say, the Hawks' hands were so good in the air. They seemed to mark everything, you know. I, I thought, you know, we're up against it because they just kept marking every area of the ground. Like, you know, when a, a ball was kicked out from their back line, you know, McAvoy would take a huge grab or, you know, down the other end, you know, you had players like Gunston taking marks and, you know, it's just, it looked like they were really on and obviously we were really off and it was going to combine in a horrible game for the Bombers and... uh 36 points down at half time, and let's face it, they had missed, I think, was it eight or nine points they had, mate, um, half time. So they really had a chance to, you know, put the foot to the throat, so to speak. But, um, you know, we somehow stayed within the game, but uh, not by much. And, you know, uh, I, as part of my therapy, sometimes I get on to blitz at half time just to get people um, feeling the same way that I do. and. Some of the comments are uh, <laughs> um, were so extreme that they make you chuckle even in a, in a bad situation because you know that they're hurting just like you are. And um, yeah, I, I know I, I spoke to you at half time, mate, and I had, had to read out a few of those. And 
you know, it was the only way that could make ourselves laugh because, you know, we could see how much uh, the Bomber fans were just so disillusioned with the game plan. And, uh, yeah, I know a lot of fans out there were, you know, just ropeable about the way we'd presented on the day. And I don't think in our wildest dreams we would see uh, what was about to happen after half time. Nah, mate. Nah. But just going back to the, the Hawks marking, um, like the the one thing that was really disappointing to me was we we just allowed like Clarkson really shifted the chess pieces and um, you know put forward a structure that was just making us look silly. Like at a lot of times, uh, Ben McAvoy is playing on Tip and Woody because they knew our game plan. We were just going to bomb it forward onto Tipper's head. And who's going to win a, a marking contest out of McAvoy and Tipper? Well, I'm not going to put it on, on Tipper. So, um, yeah, like, they just made us look really silly. Um, and that's that's where that frustration comes in from, I think, as as fans. Because, look, you know, obviously the, the coaches, they they know the game or they, they live and breathe it. Um, and they, uh, they see the players day in, day out. They're teaching a game plan. So you'd like to think they're seeing... Um, even more than what we're seeing. But, I mean, as fans, when we're just seeing us pump the ball inside 50 to uh, clearly um, like a, a poor contested situation, um, it's, it's just reeks of um, sort of dumb football, really. But as I say, like, um, you know, we'd sort of... Oh, well, I definitely did write ourselves off, mate. I, I thought we were done. Uh, put a fork in it. But uh, as we started that third quarter you know there was that nice goal to Kale Hooker you know he, he got a, a free there but um you know he made most opportunity um like and it was good to get that goal but really the rest of the start of that quarter was absolutely woeful um barring that sort of nice mark from Danaher in the wing and it was great to see him flying at the footy again mate it was certainly a sight for sore eyes that was a beautiful mark and uh, it reminded us of what we've missed. But um, going back to that Kale Hooker goal, I, I don't know if it was on purpose, but the emotion he showed when he kicked that goal, you could see he was trying to generate something from the Bombers. And uh, you know, uh, I know some people might have looked at it and thought, oh, geez, carrying on, we're still five or six goals down. But um, I just felt it was really important that hooker showed that emergency, uh, sorry, energy, and it seemed like the bombers really fed off it, and that's leadership, mate, and uh, yeah, really good play by Kyle Hooker. Yeah, that's a, a good point there, James. Just like bringing that energy back to the side, and I think you saw that a bit later. Like you know, you had McGrath; he was he was trying his guts out all game to keep us in the contest, uh, and I just love that run from him through the middle of the ground. He sort of took a bounce and got it forward uh, to Stringer. He took a strong grab and kicked a nice goal. And, um, like, he was another one of those players that, you know, you know, sort of uh, got around the boys and tried to get that excitement going. And, like, we just seemed to wake up after that. And I loved Parrish's kick, Danaher. He marked it beautifully and kicked that goal. And, mate, how good was it to see Danaher kick a goal after such a long time? Yeah, I thought, oh, we'll be able to see if he's going to have his set shot kicking has improved having all that break, but he quickly went around and kicked around the corner, and it was true. And it was fantastic to see him kick his first goal back. And that mark that he took to have that set shot 
was uh, brilliant. Like, it was a real slips catch and uh, showed his agility was right on. And, you know, for him to get that goal, again, the boys really got down there to congratulate him. And all of a sudden, we'd kick these three goals really quickly. And you started to get hope and you started to believe again. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, Joey was certainly loving his own work. He he sort of went a bit early, but um, did take a nice mark uh, in the forward line there. Uh, it was a rubbish shot for goal, though, so he missed that one. Um, but, you know, he made up for it not long after uh, when he took a mark at centre-half forward and kicked it perfectly to Tipper's advantage, who marked just 15 metres out straight in front of goal to bring their lead back to just 10 points after they led by 36 going to half-time. That mark from Tipper, should, that mark from Tipper mate, was fantastic. Um, I still don't know how he took it because he was basically going back and his legs just went, <laughs> um, went and he just fell to his back and took the mark. It was... Yeah, really uh, underrated, I thought. It was a great moment. Yeah, absolutely it was, mate. Uh, and then there was that lovely run from Zerrett through the middle of the ground and a great chip delivery to Danaher. And look, you know, Danaher missed that, that shot as well, but um, just that ball movement was so much better than what we've seen like throughout this season. Uh, it was great to see. And then there was a great burst out of the centre of the ground from Shield to lace out Stewart 50 metres out. And that's when like Hawthorne was still um, sort of pushing at us, and it was really important we um, actually tried to get another goal, and he went back and slotted it to have us only nine points down uh, going to the final quarter. Yeah, that was a good kick by James Stewart. Again, he was right on the 50, and you know had to kick a fair journey to get that one. And um, obviously the Hawks had just kicked the goal themselves. And they'd got the lead back out to you know, 15 points and you thought, was that our run? Is that Are we going to be satisfied with just making a little run? And it was just great, that next centre bounce, how we just won the clearance, which we were absolutely murdering them in there. I think it was 11 to 1, the clearances at that stage. And uh, yeah, that was a great kick to Stewart. And he just replied straight away and it took any momentum the Hawks might have got from that goal from Howe. And, um, yeah, got the lead back to nine, as you said. And, you know, after being 36 points down, you wondered you know, how could we be so vast in quarters <laughs> or in the halves, um, how well we played. And, yeah, uh, that led us to the last quarter, mate. Yeah, mate. And, like, as we got into it, there was another beautiful kick from Zeret to Danaher. And look, uh, Joe Danaher sort of rushed the kick and, and missed again. And I thought, ah, oh, Joe, this is the one we know. <laughs> and then, uh, like, I, I thought Sardi really got into that quarter. He was everywhere. Um, there was a great read of the footy to sort of take it and kick it forward. Uh, whereas marked by Hooker, who kicked it through. And we were only three points down. And look, you know, while he didn't have a massive game, I loved Mozzie's efforts and pressure in our forward 50. Um, but then, you know, after Zerk Thatcher marked an errant kick uh, from Hawthorne, uh, just outside 50 there, he got it to Shield, who sort of had to put it on his right boot. And it was marked by Clark, who kicked the goal and had us up by three points. And, like, that was another moment, mate, where I thought, oh, geez, Clark, here we go. I mean, you know, he kicked the last one last week, but... Will he be able to kick this? And he, he bloody well did. And 
Um, yeah, it was a really good finish uh, from Clark. And yeah, like after you know being down by six goals at half time, we were up by three. So that's um, it's a great effort. Yeah, it was just amazing to watch. You know, it was, it was, I had to pinch myself to say, we're in front here. And uh, that was followed pretty quickly by a goal to Kyle Langford. And, uh, you know, we're up by nine points. And again, you just wondered, how could we be so different? Yeah, absolutely. It's just, uh, yeah, as I said before, Jekyll and Hyde. Um, you know, we, the good thing was, like, we kept pressuring um, and Zeret um, sort of had the ball and rushed to kick forward, and that was marked by Danaher, like right on the angle in the forward line there. Um, and the you know, umpire made sure he went right on the boundary line, uh, but he kicked it through and again had a sort of 10 points up with under four minutes to go. But again, the Hawks got a goal and they just weren't sort of going away, you know, uh, Scully sort of. Um, yeah, slid one through there, and we thought, oh, you know, don't want to drop it after all this. Um, and then, you know, we had an opportunity to get it forward, um, but there was a fantastic bit of play, James, where, you know, Hawthorne were looking dangerous, and they were looking to take it down their end, and look, if they got that ball away, um, you know, I'm sure they would have kicked a goal. But Shiel actually, you know, bustled his way through. He tackled one player, harassed the other, and then tackled another, uh, to make the ball spill out, and we sort of got it forward, and Hooker was all on his own there, uh, but he, but he totally misjudged the flight of the ball, uh, but luckily he was able to mop it up and get it to Stringer, who calmed things down nicely and just uh, kicked it to Clark, who was sort of waiting in the goal square there, and he got another goal for us, um, but then, you know, when Danaher snapped through that last goal to ice the game, uh, he thought, bloody hell, we have missed this bloke. And, uh, yeah, it was just a huge effort, you know, for us to get off, you know, up off the canvas uh, from being so down in the first half of the match. Yeah, that was a really big play by Dylan Shield just going back there, mate, where you said, you know, those efforts. And that's probably been the knock on Dylan Shield. Does he work hard enough when he doesn't have the ball? Um, does he run as fast when he has to show defensive pressure acts well he answered that question and that was a pivotal play the one you talked about there and um you know it really made us get that next goal and you know to see Danahurst you know get his third goal oh it was just a great feeling for Bomber fans yeah it was and look even the the body language you saw like yeah I think you're right like it started with Hooker like with that goal um, but I did see a couple of times, you know, when, I think it was when Hooker got his second goal, you know, Joe Danaher, you know, was getting into Mozzie and got, hey, how bloody good's this, mate? You know, we're going to have a win. Um, and it was just fantastic to see. And that's what gives me hope that, you know, maybe Joe is back in love with the club and maybe there is a bit more um, sort of buzz around. Um, we can only hope. And, you know, of course, we don't know as, as fans. Um, I'll, I'm ever the optimist, mate. So um, I'm hoping it's the, the fact. But then, yeah, with that that uh, after match, uh, sort of interview with Joe, where he said he's looking looking forward to you know moving, um, moving things forward with this club. Uh, just yeah, gives me that bit of hope. 
uh, and it was certainly great to get the win after you know so long of uh, you know not having one. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, six weeks, mate, we'd been waiting, and uh, we had that draw against Gold Coast, but uh, losses and draws are hollow compared to actual wins, and um, you know we've got a very tough road ahead. Uh, if we were to make the finals, but at least we're still relevant at the moment. Um, you know, that might change from Tuesday when we play the Eagles. But uh, as we learnt today, or you know, Josh Kennedy, who's been a real thorn for us, um, he's going to be out with that um, suspected concussion. So uh, that's at least makes part of the trip a bit easier and not having to travel to Perth is good as well. Absolutely, mate. would... Uh... We take that because you know they've obviously been deadly over in Perth there. You know, so they, I think they won like six in a row uh, over in Optus Stadium there. So um, yeah, look, it was eight in a row, mate. Eight in a row, yeah. So any, yeah. any opportunity we can get, um, you know, we, we've got to take if you know if we're a chance to. Like I can't believe I'm even saying this. Like whether we're a chance to get into the finals, but um, you know, stranger things do happen. Yeah, and uh, I noticed in the press conference after the game, John Worsfold said that Dyson Heppel would look to play within the next week. So whether that's against the Eagles or the Cats, he basically flagged the skipper's return. Um, and, uh, you know, how good would that be to see him play the last few games of the season? Yeah, it'll be absolutely massive. Um, you know, I think one thing that, uh, you know, we probably haven't, commented on as much as here and like not just us it's everyone is how much the bombers have missed heppel's leadership um you know he's he's that guy that sort of gets around the boys and trying to get them up and and firing and i suppose provides that bit of accountability for everyone um and certainly we've seen him in matches where he's just tried to will us over the line and uh, having those players that uh, try to take the game by the scruff of the neck and can actually impact the game to um, to, to be able to do that, uh, they're rare as hen's teeth. And look, I'd, I'd love to see Heppel back in the side. Look, he he, he won't be 100%. Um, we've got to be realistic in that. But, um, you know, certainly, you know, and we'll go through the, the numbers later on, but when you look through that side, um, you know, there's certainly... Like Heppel at sort of 85% fitness uh, will be able to provide more than um, yeah, some of the guys are providing at the moment. Um, so, yeah, let's hope he comes up against the Weagles. Um, but, you know, if we uh, have to wait that little bit more to the Cats, uh, I'm sure we'd be uh, more than willing to wait for that. Yeah, and I thought I um, just wanted to mention, uh, when we'll talk about it more when we go through the numbers, but... Zerk Thatcher had an important job to do in the second half. When uh, Patton went off, it allowed Hooker to go forward. and But Zerk Thatcher had to do his job to allow that to happen. And you know, there was an important contest in that last quarter where he um, was one-on-one with uh, Clark and... Uh, sorry, O'Brien, I think it was. And, yeah, it was just really important. Uh, if it had got out the back, there was Hawks lining up. But he, he did a great fist over the line. And you know, I saw Redmond, and he really congratulated Zerk Thatcher on a really important contested win. And um, yeah, hopefully he gets a bit of confidence out of that. And just secondly, mate, there's another uh, mention from Warsfold after the 
game was that uh, Michael Hurley would be right to go uh, for next game against the Eagles. Uh, he was touch and go for this one, and he'd definitely be right with those additional days. So, um, yeah, it'll be nice to have Mick Hurley back. Uh, you know, Jack Darling to come is pretty powerful forward. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have to have our best options. But it's great to know that possibly uh, Hooker, Hurley, uh, you know, are there to um, you know, combine to try and uh, soften his uh, you know, influence on the game. All right, well, why don't we have a break, mate, and we'll come back with our Don's Cast Medal votes. Into Don's Cast, and uh, we do our regular voting, the Don's Cast medal votes. And mate, why don't you start? Yeah, beauty, mate. So, uh, look, if I go for my one vote, uh, like, I mean, before I say this, look, obviously, this is all, um, you know, subjective, um, but it's just how I sort of saw it. So, more than happy for others to uh, disagree. Uh, yeah, send your feedback through to uh, donscastpod at gmail.com. We'd be uh, very happy to see that. Uh, look, I've one vote to uh, Dylan Shield. I thought, you know, he, was, he didn't have that much of an impact in the first half uh, for mine, uh, but certainly in that second half, he, he really lifted and was really important for us. Uh, so we had the 25 disposals, uh, you know, seven tackles, which is huge um, for Shield. That's certainly that area of the game that you know, previously, uh, you know, he needed to work on, and he, he's definitely done that. Five clearances, so very big there. Two goal assists, though. That's a, a really big one uh, with uh, nearly 300 metres gained. I thought, you know, just those follow-up efforts that he, he kept doing, and um, while he's not comfortable with it, a couple of times he did uh, put the ball on his right foot, which shows that, uh, you know, I suppose he's getting that into his head that he, he doesn't have to always be on his left. You know, if you get it out on your right and it it's re- it's thereabouts, uh, it can be a very effective kick. Uh, so I, I thought one vote for him. Uh, two votes I had to go for Darcy Parrish. Oh, I thought he was fantastic all game. Look, he's he's that in and under bloke. He's lightning with his hands. Uh, there were just so many um, contests where. He was there for the first, second, third efforts, uh, whether it's tackling a bloke and then getting up to then follow up on the ball and provide an option for us going forward. Uh, I thought he was uh, yeah, just really important for us. So had the 24 disposals in the end, five tackles, which is really, really big, um, four clearances, one goal assist. Uh, had a shot at goal himself but missed, uh, but 390-odd metres gained. Um, and that from only you know around eighty percent of game time, uh, I thought it was really great effort from from Parish. Three votes I had to go for Joe Danaher. Uh, look, you know, starved of opportunity in the first half, and yeah, did look a bit uh, sort of proppy at, at times, getting his run at the ball. But then once he got into it, uh, we just saw how much we missed him. He actually had fourteen disposals in the end, ten marks. Uh, which is huge and certainly something we have lacked is that marking power uh, at any part of the ground, really. Um, and look, he, he obviously had 
you know, six or seven shots at goal. So the three goals, three, and I think he might have uh, booted one out on the full in, in true Joey style um, uh, with one goal assist as well. And the promising thing was that he played 80% of game time. So uh, it looks like he is uh, quite fit. Uh, let's hope he can uh, pull up well after this game. But I thought, you know, for that effort, no, it was just fantastic. Um, and it was hard at the top there because there were two definite standouts for mine. Uh, but I've gone four votes for Andy McGrath. Uh, he was he was everywhere, this man. And he just willed us forward, uh, particularly, um, you know, in that third quarter. But, you know, really, in that first half, he was one of the only ones who could uh, sort of hold his head up and say he was trying everything. Um, the I suppose the the thing he's, you know, he's got to sort of make sure he's hitting his targets and stuff all the time, that he still chucked some, you know, around the body to, I don't know, just in hope, really. Um, and that sort of handball to nowhere in the in the forward 50 where he could have had a shot at goal or uh, popped it up to a contest at least um, was a bit uh, disappointing. But everything else was uh, fantastic. So he got... 32 disposals in the end, three tackles, a massive 10 clearances uh, with 403 metres gained. And certainly in that last quarter, we definitely saw we missed him when he was off the ground. So he's off the ground for about five or six minutes there. And that's when Hawthorne really started to uh, to pressure and almost get on top of us before we uh, put him back there and uh, wrestled back that momentum in the midfield. Uh, so a fantastic game from him. But the five votes I went for Zach Merritt. I thought uh, his ball use was really clean. Uh, you know, thirty-six disposals. Uh, had a shot on goal, which which unfortunately fortunately missed, but should have had a few goal assists there. Um, yeah, because a couple where he spotted up Joe Danaher, who unfortunately missed the goal, but otherwise they were they were beautiful assists there from Merritt. Um, but yeah, so you know, three marks, six tackles, so. Not only was he doing offensively, but defensively as well. Uh, and 520 metres gained. Uh, he was so important for us, um, getting us forward at every opportunity. And, um, yeah, and again, that's that's from just 80% of game time. So, um, yeah, just a, a fantastic game from Merritt. Uh, but how about you, mate? How do you see the votes? Yeah, well, I gave uh, one vote to Joe Danaher. I thought he was uh, you know, really pivotal in us winning the game. Uh, he, you know, it's amazing. First game without any scratch match. And he was such an important cog to our uh, team winning. And, uh, yeah, it's not to be undersold. And, mate, just as we're, you were talking, um, Tom Morris on AFL Tonight has just reported. Apparently, John uh, Rolfe uh, last night said that Joe Danaher had informed the club that he wants to stay with the Bombers. Essendon and a confident Essendon confident Joey will stay and he thinks it's going to be a three-year deal so um, if Tom Morris is on the money that's uh great news we'll wait and see for that one but um yeah back to the, my votes Joe Danaher fantastic um, you know I, yeah he had a he could have had even a bigger night when you think he, he had a, a number of missed set shots uh, hopefully he can improve on those but you know, he could have easily kicked four or five goals in the night, and that's a great return. But to kick three goals, three, and ten marks, that's a great performance. And, yeah, I gave him one vote. Two votes I gave to Dylan Shield. It wasn't your um, 
normal line-breaking game, but I thought he did the harder things more importantly. And another important thing for Dylan is he is hitting up the forwards with good kicks. And, uh, you know, they weren't hatchet jobs. They were, you know, purposeful, um, you know, delivery to our forwards. And he set up a number of goals. So, um, yeah, well done to Dylan Shield. And, uh, yeah, if he can add that and win a little bit more of the footy, uh, we've got ourselves a real player. I gave three votes to Darcy Parrish. I thought he was really good on the day. And, you know, he was just, again, his hands are so clean, especially on loose balls. And, um, you know, he, I think he's a really important player. It's great to see him starting to get more midfield minutes and he's making them count. So uh, I remember earlier in the season, we were kind of bemoaning that he wasn't getting the match time and he, you know, wasn't getting the, as much midfield minutes as we'd like. I'm pleased to say that's definitely improved in the, uh, you know, as the season's built, uh, so is he. Um, four votes I gave to Zach Merritt. Uh, again, he's in a purple patch. He's playing really good football. Um, he's, you know, really finding the footy at ease now. And it's great to see um, our star-studded midfield, uh, which we can say now because... They're all playing good football at the same time. And probably, again, earlier in the season, we were saying we're only getting one of those blokes having a good game while the other two are struggling. Um, starting to get some continuity working together. And, uh, yeah, I thought Zach Merritt was brilliant and uh, continued his great form. But five votes, I had to give it to Andy McGrath. He was everywhere. He just ran so hard. He created opportunities. Um, you know, again, just shows great leadership for a young bloke. And, you know, he does remind you uh, that he's got this class. You know, he's got that burst of speed. He backs himself. Um, uh, his kicking's not always elite, but I think that's something he can improve on. But, uh, yeah, I'm really, really wrapped to see Andy McGrath have the season he is. And, you know, uh, that brings me to, mate, why don't you read us out? Our um, top vote getters. No worries, mate. So, uh, you know, one each to Cutler and Mosquito, two to McKernan, three each to Townsend, Stewart, Laverde, Bell Chambers and Hooker, four to Danaher, five to Phillips, six to Zaharakis, seven each to Draper and Hurley, nine to Stringer, 13 to Smith and, and Langford. 19 to Parrish, 40 to Shield, 53 to Sard, 62 to Merritt, 66 to Ridley, and out on top is McGrath with 67 uh, Don's cast medal votes. Wow, so uh, Ridley looked like he was going to hold that lead, but Andy McGrath with a great performance has uh, hit the front. Uh, there's still four games to go, so... We won't have a winner for a long time, but um, yeah, it's great to see that um, our stars are starting to you know, play some more consistent footy with um, Merritt, Shiel, uh, and of course McGrath, uh, Jordan Ridley. Um, they're all up there, and even Sardi. I would have liked to have given Sardi a vote because, again, he works so hard, and uh, probably his kicking wasn't fantastic on the day, but he certainly... Um, provided so much run and class and uh with him there and 
Cole Langford, I thought he played a great game. So, yeah, it was it's great when you're doing your votes, um, finding it hard who to squeeze out rather than who to squeeze in. So uh, it makes it more enjoyable. Mate, why don't we have a break and we'll come back with our By The Numbers segment. You're listening to Don's Cast and our regular feature of By The Numbers where we evaluate each player's performance by their uh, player number. Uh, we start with Andy McGrath. And mate, I gave him best on. You gave him second best on. How did you rate his game? Ah, oh, fantastic, mate. I mean, not much more to say about that. It was absolutely brilliant, and I agree with you. He's really shaping as a, a really promising future leader of this Essendon Football Club. And like I said, he's taking the game on. He's uh, you know, having bounces now and backing his pace, uh, even when he's getting pursued by the opposition. And yeah, he's really going to be... Yeah, a pivotal part of our future, and let's hope a deal can be struck very soon so we confirm that uh, Andy McGrath will be with the Bombers for many years to come. Next player was Darcy Parrish, and we both gave him votes again, mate. As I said earlier, he's really building in to those midfield minutes. Yeah, it is, and it's just so promising to see how well he's taking to it. Um, you know, like I've spoken about his stats before, but... You know, the stats don't tell you everything. He was just everywhere in the contest. Uh, and even when he wasn't getting the ball, he was presenting an option. Uh, he was sort of laying a bump or, um, you know, just trying to do everything he can uh, for the football club. And uh, I thought it was just, he stood up all game to mine. Like, even in that first half, like, he was definitely one of those ones who could uh, say he was cracking in as much as he could. And, uh, yeah, I'm just loving what he's given us in the midfield there because uh, it would certainly be... Um, it was certainly needed. Uh, someone who's able to dish the pill out to those smarter users of the footy. Um, so your your Zerits, your your Shields, and, and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, another great game from Parish. Yeah, great game. Kyle Langford again. I would have liked to given him votes because again he found the ball, mate, twenty seven times, eleven kicks, sixteen handballs, and uh, yeah, he, he was really important. He got that late goal as well. Yeah, he, he was important, mate. And you're right, this like he's he's one he's unlucky to miss out on votes, but uh look, it's just great to see him turn into such a, a solid performer for us. Like he's had quite a few um solid performers for us this year and um you know, to have the three clearances, uh took a couple of marks, two tackles, uh three hundred and eighty metres gained for the club, uh in his gameplay and it's it's not even just the like how many possessions he's getting. It's yeah he's able to use it to really good effect. And um, you know while early in his career we all criticised him for taking too long and uh, he'd often get mowed down and, and stuff like that. But uh, it's just promising to see now he's he's got more of a, a sense of the speed of the game. He's able to uh, spot up people in in better. Um, I guess better positions to to take the footy and uh, is able to actually hit the target. So um, yeah, I thought it was a really important game from Langford and um, yeah, some it's just really promising to see him continue to develop uh, as a solid player for the Essen Football Club. And he's another one out of contract. So Adrian Dodoro's got his work to do. Um, 
to get some of these players signed up. Uh, the next player was, of course, Devin Smith. And, um, yeah, he wasn't as prolific as the week before. He tried his hardest. Um, he may be, get some attention for a, a bit of a hit on uh, Patton. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to be picked up by the... Nah, so that's already been that's already been ruled on, mate. And he got a uh, $500 fine uh, for that. So oh, beautiful. The uh, match review uh, panel have uh, looked kindly on us this time. So, uh, yeah, just a fine for him this time around. Oh, I was waiting for the four-week suspension, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, he, I did see it was off the ball, and that's what worried me. Um, you know, sometimes they assess those things off the ball, and they, they rate them a bit, a bit harsher. But, um, yeah, I thought, yeah, he played his 150th game, which is remiss of us to uh, not mention. And, uh, yeah, he he's obviously a leader. He was the captain of the day, and, um, yeah, I can see the boys really... Yeah, enjoy him being in the side, and I think, as I said, he's had a tough season overall. Um, yeah, he just hasn't been the player that we had in 2018 in the way he's been able to generate tackles and so forth. But we get a really strong sense this uh, he's going to become better next year, and uh, we're already seeing the benefits of him having that week off. He seems to have come back with more energy. Yeah, and look, while he wasn't as prolific, you know, than uh, from the last week, I actually still think he had quite a solid game for us. I mean, uh, yes, his tackle numbers were down, so he only got the one tackle, uh, but he still had three clearances, uh, took four marks, and um, that meters gained stats important for him, like four hundred and three meters gained. Uh, so you know, he's definitely uh, presenting getting the ball forward for us. Um, but you you always see him sort of running in lines when we are going with numbers at the ball, and he might be the sort of third, fourth in line, so he may not get the pill, uh, but he's sort of presenting that option to make the defenders pick and choose who they're going to go to, uh, and certainly, you know, Devin Smith's a, a bloody good kick of the footy, so, um, you know, they want to make sure uh, they limit the opportunities he gets with the pill, uh, so I'm not too disappointed in not getting a super amount of touches. Um, but, I mean, 23 in itself is very respectable, and I think, uh, you know, it's a really solid game for us. As you say, he's a leader, so um, he's not going to stop pushing all game. Uh, so I, I think it was actually uh, not a bad game from Dev. Uh, and one of the things that I don't want to see, it, it seems to be happening on the day, and you said he was a good kick, Mate, I don't know. Remember the first quarter that shank when he kicked <laughs> out from the back. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why um, he is kicking out from our uh, from when the opposition miss a, a shot. Um, to me, it's just you know the opposition can read he's not going to kick it any more than fifty meters. Uh, so I think that makes us more predictable. So I don't like to see him kick out of, out of our back line. Um, but uh, yeah, he seemed to have taken that on on the day, and I thought early uh, that contributed uh, not just for him, but it contributed us being behind because the Hawks could be locked their uh, the ball in their forward fifty. So um, that's one thing I'd like Devon to improve on is maybe uh, know that probably kicking out's not for him, and um, yeah, it'd be better for us if he's more of an option up the ground rather than kicking it out. Because I think a player like uh, Jordan Ridley would be much better at that. Um, you know, you can hit a target and 
Um, yeah, you know, that's just my thoughts on that. But um, yeah, Devin Smith, twenty-three possessions. That's good because I know early in the season he was really struggling to find the ball. So he's obviously in the last couple of weeks he's had fifty possessions, uh, twenty-seven last week and twenty-three this week. So he's starting to find the ball, and we'd love to see him get those tackle numbers up. But I'm sure that will come. The next player, how can we uh, forget this one? Joe Danaher. Um, brilliant to see him back. And, you know, to get votes on your return is unbelievable. And yet to think, you know, he hadn't played in 400-plus days. Amazing effort. Yeah, it is. And I, I saw a um, sort of thing the other week where they were saying, you know, after three seasons, he's only played 11, now 12 games like in three seasons of footy. So that's a, a bloody long time uh, out of the game. Uh, but he just took to it like a, a you know a duck out of water kind of thing. He was uh, fantastic. So he, um, yeah, I mean, we spoke about his stats in his game and like he was flying for marks. He was um, actually using that leg of his and he had good purchase on the footy. Like he was kicking 60-odd metres um, with the ball. So it looks like he's got that strength back in his legs. Uh, which is fantastic to see, and mate, if uh, if we can uh, get him up and going, you know, for the rest of the year, you never know. Finals might be a shot for us. Yeah, well, I still think that's a bridge too far because of the teams we've got to play. But just to see him play out this season uh, without any other injury, oh, that will be a huge relief. And uh, if we can get him to commit to the bombers and you know two uh, sorry 2021 is going to look so much more positive knowing that we've got our spearhead locked up and we've got all these young players coming up is showing a bit of promise so i think um you know with rutten taking over full control and the warsfold uh, era finished um i think 2021 can be looked at much more positively um knowing that Joe Danaher is going to be with us on the journey. Zach Merritt, as I mentioned, he's been in a purple patch of form, been in great form, and and that continued on the night. Yeah, it did, mate. Absolute jet. Um, you know, I can't do more than lavish his praises again. I thought he was fantastic on the night, uh, and that was from only 80% of game time. So uh, absolutely brilliant effort from him. Uh yeah, what did you have to add for him, mate? Yeah, well, he handballs the ball a lot more than he usually does. He's usually one of our ones that does kick the ball. So he had 15 kicks, 21 handballs. Um, a lot of those came in that first half, as we all were guilty of doing uh, overhand passes. But, um, yeah, I thought he was just absolutely brilliant on the night. And he's, yeah, the way that he wins the ball and becomes a threat with his kicking, uh, it really is, he's becoming our best midfielder, and um, he was for a long time, um, he started the season slowly, but you know, I think he's been fantastic, and uh, you know, for him, I know he's been aiming for this, He's one of his goals is to get back in the leadership group for next year, and I actually heard an interview with him, and he still sees himself um, being the next Essendon captain after Dyson Heppel. Um, so, you know, for him to make that kind of statement, he must really want that captaincy and, you know, he's really aiming for it. So, 
uh, with the form he's in, it's um, hard to deny him. The next player was Marty Gleeson. Um, now, he had to do some important roles. He was, again, he's always undersized when he has to play on kind of key position players. He, I thought he did a great job the week before against the Tigers. Um, how did you find his game, mate? Uh, I mean, look, there was there were some good signs from Marty. Uh, you know, uh, particularly later in the match where he actually used his, his run a little bit to uh, uh, sort of provide an extra number around the contest and then... Uh, you know, try and use the footy, but the disappointing thing for me was that, um, like he, he was when he was uh, when he had the footy to try to get us forward, he'd use his handball, and I think he's actually a really damaging kick. Like I think, um, you know, what we loved about him, you know, in years gone by was that he's uh, he'd really be willing to take the game on and uh, make that pass to really cut the game open for us, uh, but he just didn't seem to want to do that. I mean, like. So out of his thirteen disposals, like five of those were handballs, and um, that's where I, I sort of get frustrated with this handball happy game plan, where we uh, we have an opportunity to cut through the lines and uh, sort of stuff around with it and put ourselves under pressure, really. Um, so I mean, three three marks, two tackles. Um, I mean, I, honestly, I. I didn't think he had a great game. Uh, yes, there were moments that were uh, that were solid. Certainly, you know, he sort of backed into a couple of contests there, but I didn't think he read the ball particularly well. Uh, what about you, mate? Yeah, as, as you said, uh, he actually had eight handballs made out of his thirteen possessions. So, to me, he's actually wanting to handball, and it's very evident. And I think. Yeah, you know, opposition. They put a lot of um, time, you know, into watching you um, play. And Marty's going to become predictable if he's always going to look for the hand pass. Uh, whether it's a club instruction that he has to give it off, I don't know. But yeah, he's definitely a capable kick. So I'm not sure why he's shying away from um, using the footy like that. But um, yeah, I think Marty. He, We've always said he's always a, looks a little bit undersized. You know, he doesn't carry a lot of weight, and um, he's quite rangy. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see does the club uh, continue with him for the rest of the year, um, or will Connor McKenna come back in and maybe pinch that spot? Uh, and I guess for me, the answer should be: Does Connor want to be here past twenty twenty? Um, and if that if he does. Then I would be saying, right, Connor, you want to play for the Bombers? Uh, you'll be playing on the halfback flank, and that's your spot. And you know, if we ever had the luxury, we're happy to play you forward. But uh, you have to play where we need you to play, and right now we need you at that halfback flank spot. So, um, yeah, I think for Marty, uh, the club will make a decision on which player is going to get that spot, and um, I think he needs to yeah grow some confidence. Because he is a capable kick, as I said, and uh, I'd like to see him use that asset a bit more. Dylan Shield, uh, he was good on the day, and again, he, I, I really was happy with his defensive work, which is something that has been a knock on him. But I also was really happy with his spot-up kicking. I thought uh, he used the ball pretty well, and again, that was been a previous knock. Yeah, like 
I thought it was a really good game from Shield, like obviously down in that first half, but um, yeah, it really came out firing in, in the second and um, yeah, it made a real difference in the middle there. And just the fact that he's um, applying so much more defensive pressure, like those seven tackles, uh, like that's a huge effort uh, from him. And um, yeah, to go with the five clearances, I thought it was a, a really great effort. But as you say, like those um, hitting up uh, forwards, so with that two, two goals assist there, uh, just brilliant to see and um, really in, like our midfield had the ascendancy um, all game we just weren't able to sort of make best use of it uh, for the first half uh, so yeah really making a difference in there and uh, yeah another good game from Schalzi yeah really good um, Jordan Ridley he wasn't as prolific as he has been but he did everything expected of him and yeah, you know, what a season he's had uh, I noticed his leg was quite strapped up, so he's uh, done well to get through the season. Uh, you know, obviously carrying a bit of an injury. Uh, there was that rumor last week that he was going to miss the Tigers game, but he got up. And how did you rate his game? Yeah, I thought he was really solid for us. I mean, yes, not as prolific, but geez, he he still got there where we needed him to for like a couple of intercept marks and. Um, yeah, use his kicking. He got the 16 disposals in the end. Um, 235 metres gained, three marks. But he actually played 100% of game time. So uh, it will be interesting to see, like, with that leg strapped up, perhaps he um, was hindered a bit in the play. Um, so we may choose to sort of rest him. Uh, yeah, because obviously coming up against uh, West Coast on Tuesday, like, and we have to travel as well. Do we manage him or, um, you know, we've seen previously where we thought he, he might have been uh, uh, managed, but he seems a pretty resilient kid and may just get up. Oh, I'd, hopefully he plays, but uh, look, certainly we uh, we don't want to be, uh, you know, forcing the issue and risk an injury for him because he's been absolutely fantastic. But I thought it was a really solid game from Ridders on the night. What about you, mate? Yeah, same. I, again, he... He didn't take as many con- uh, un- uh, sorry contested marks as he, as he has been, but uh, even if he didn't take the mark, there was a number of times where he was backed into packs and at least brought the ground, uh, ball to ground. So, yeah, I think Jordan Ridley's uh, you know, really moved up in AFL circles and you know, he's definitely within our top 10 players now and you know, he's got a huge career for us. Hopefully... Uh, talk of that four-year deal is true, and we can get notification of that very soon. Uh, the next player was James Stewart. And, uh, again, he, he wasn't cited that much, but he, he did a, a lot, number of important acts and kicked a big goal from outside 50. Yeah, he did, mate. Uh, and look, a lot of the um, his lack of getting the ball, he was starved of opportunity. You're a forward uh, player that you know we just weren't able to get the ball forward, and when we did, there were pretty poor entries. Um, but in that second half, he he really came out to play, and like yeah, so he kicked that goal from outside fifty, which was really important for us. Um, but then he started presenting up and down the ground to give us that marking option, and there was that bit of play where you know we sort of went from uh, side to side across the ground, uh, but then Redmond absolutely skied it in the air and. That was a really important contest for us to win because if they got it down their end, you know, that would have been a certain goal 
and that's when like we were trying to come back in the game. Um, and so James Stewart stood up and took the mark. It was a strong grab, uh, and then delivered the ball beautifully forward for us. So um, he's done really well. So he took four big marks for us on the night. Um, so just the eight disposals, but uh, six kicks, and I think he's actually got a really good uh, field kick on him, James Stewart. Um, made a tackle, uh, even got a hit out there, so a little uh, sort of jaunt in the ruck there. Uh, two clearances, uh, a goal assist, and kicked a goal himself. Um, and that's from just 70% of game time. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty solid game from Stuart. Yeah, it was. And it's good that he's been able to play these four or five games in a row. Again, he hadn't played footy for two years. So to see him and Danaher in the same side again... Uh, that was a bit of a blast from the past, and let's hope that um, yeah, that continues. And I think Jimmy Stewart will be better with the more games uh, pumped into him, and he's a good second foil for um, the pressure that Joe Danaher will get from the opposition. And if he gets off the chain, and he can definitely be quite damaging himself. The next player we've got is um, Mozzie, and. How did you find his game, eh? Mate, I'll tell you what. Look, while he didn't have many touches himself, I just love his uh, intensity uh, around the contest. Look, he only had the eight disposals, uh, you know, four kicks, four handballs. Uh, three marks, though, which was great. Later tackle. Um, but it's the stuff he does that doesn't get recorded. Um, like, there was, there was one bit of play where he uh, sort of tackled one bloke um, you know, got up to to bump and try to tackle the next, uh, and it's just really important to to keep that pressure on the opposition, so they don't think they can just waltz it out, um, because if they think they can just show you a clean pair of heels, that's when they start to really get on top of us. So I thought his pressure was really important. Look, he only played the sixty percent of game time, so he obviously still does need work on his fitness. Um, had that shot on goal, which you mentioned earlier, Jame, and unfortunately didn't kick it, would have been great to see him slot another because uh, we certainly love to see the big smile on his face. Um, but he he certainly um, is looking to get involved. And look, it's only his second game of AFL footy, so I don't think we can expect um, that he comes out and, and kicks a couple every game. But um, I thought it was really promising signs from Mozzie that even though... You know, like most Essendon players, particularly in that first half, were out of the con, out of the contest in terms of just it being out positioned and um, Hawthorne were running it up from one end to the other so cleanly. We weren't able to have an opportunity to sort of uh, pounce on the footy and stuff as he has previously. Uh, he kept that all game, and I, I think there's uh, really good signs for him. How do you see it, mate? Yeah, the same. Just he's going to be a defensive forward for us. You can certainly see he needs some work on his conditioning and that'll come. He's only a young player, 20 years old, so uh, you don't expect him to have a huge endurance. Um, 60% game time, as you mentioned, mate. So the club's managing through matches and uh, hopefully that means that they're trying to manage him through this period and he'll continue to play because I think, you know, if we're not going to make the finals this year, which is the likely result... The next best thing is to pump games into players that could be our future, and I think Mozzie could be one of those. Uh, the next player was uh, Jake Stringer, and again, he found it hard to find the ball, but he kicked a couple of important goals, and uh, 
it's just great to see him in the side again. Yeah, it is, mate. Um, look, so the the seven disposals for Jakey, uh, five of those kicks, um, one mark, one tackle. So not huge numbers, uh, but you know, not only did he get the two goals, but he got a goal assist to Dylan Clark there as well. And um, look, the the thing that um, you know I was sort of saying even before the match was how good does a forward line of Danaher, Stringer, and Stewart look? Um, it's just like totally different comparison than what we've had um, earlier on in the year when we've sort of tried to, you know, jerry a sort of forward line out of blokes like Townsend and uh, and Tipper and Laverde, uh, which while you know they're they're good players, um, they're certainly not those big forwards uh, that you really need to um, to contest the footy and and allow their our crummers to uh, get into the game. Uh, so I actually thought uh, Stringer had a solid game um, from limited opportunities, really. Yeah, and obviously he's not at full fitness. The club knows that because we haven't seen him going on the ball at all. So to me, that says the club knows he's not quite ready to be thrown in the centre square yet. Um, so he's obviously still recovering. But I just think, you know, spiritually, he's such an important player for the Bombers and I think the players love playing with him and you know, he, he can kick goals very quickly. Um, is that One of that kicks that, that he kicked, um, that was such a quick snap. You know, the Hawks appealed that they'd touched it, but when you watch the replay, they were nowhere near it. And, you know, the time from the ball leaving his hands to his foot was incredibly quick. And a lot of players would have had that ball smothered, but he was able to snap it true and... Um, yeah, I just think he's a fantastic player. I'm so happy he's with the Bombers. And uh, again, let's hope he gets a full season next season. Uh, the next player was Kyle Hooker, and wasn't it great to have him back as well? Absolutely, mate. Um, <laughs> like, uh, so after having him in defence there, um, as sort of John Worsfold noted, when uh, Patton. Uh, sort of went down. Like I feel sorry for the bloke. Like he bloke just can't catch a break. Fortunately, it does look like it's uh, more of a calf than an ACL. Um, but you know, with him going down, uh, we then had the opportunity to put Kale Hooker forward and hopefully get something happening there. And and he really did uh, help our forward line structure. Like he got that first goal of the third and uh, was able to uh, kick another late and get involved in a couple of other contests. Um, I just sort of, uh, you know, had to add a bit of a chuckle a couple of times um, when when he just lost uh, the sort of flight of the ball. He dropped a couple of marks and then had that one go over his head. Um, but look, kicked the two goals. Actually had 17 disposals in the end. So, you know, obviously uh, a few of those in that uh, first half when Hawthorne were just peppering uh, our forward, our, uh, their forward 50 rather. Uh, but took three marks, uh, laid a couple of tackles as well, which is pretty good for a big bloke. Um, but yeah, those those two goals were just fantastic. And uh, as you said, James, he really helped us um, get motivated in that second half, uh, which can't be understated because we were gone for all money before he sort of kicked that goal and got us up and about, and, and that's where it all started from. So um, yeah, really good game from from, from Hooker. Yeah, let's hope he can uh, 
last out the season and get these last games into him because, unfortunately, it's going to be probably his last season next year. Um, you know, we'd love to see him stay longer, but we'd love to see him get a full season next year and, you know, have the confidence of getting through this season. So uh, he's still an important player for the Bombers and, you know, uh, even at 32 years of age, he provides so much for us when he's in and you know, I think, again, he's another one the players really gravitate off and uh, it's great to have him back in the side. Uh, Mason Redman, uh, he didn't get a lot of the ball but he started to use that boot of his which is uh, important. How did you think he went? Yeah, I mean, well, really, he only had the eight disposals and only two of those were kicks and... Um... I guess that's the that's the thing because he does have a really good boot on him, um, but I mean in saying that, um, the eight disposals doesn't tell the whole story. Um, he's only recorded as having the one tackle, but I certainly remember seeing him trying to impact the contest on quite a number of occasions. Uh, got a clearance, um, and look, I certainly recall more moments where uh, his defensive efforts were important, but. Um, Look, I suppose an average game on totality for for Redmond. I mean, he uh, didn't have massive impact. Um, but, I mean, it's just good to get another game under his belt, uh, and he'll certainly be better for the run. Um, and, uh, yeah, really looking forward to him continuing to develop as a player because I reckon there's really something in Redmond. How do you see his game, mate? Yeah, well, it wasn't prolific by any stretch, and... Yeah, he did. I thought he's had a struggling season, really, um, especially one-on-one contested work and so forth. But I still think he's going to be part of our best 22 moving forward. Uh, I don't know. One thing is, as fans, we don't know the full um, disclosure on, on his injuries and so forth. You wonder if he's carrying something because uh, he's just not the player he was last year. But uh, let's hope that you know he can return next year and um, provide the same highlights as he did in uh, 2019. And I think, you know, the fact that he's been able to play through this uh, and not be at his best uh, has left him on the chopping block a couple of times where he's been dropped and so forth. And you wonder if he loses confidence from that. But again, for a young player, um, he seems to, you know, want to get up the boys in terms of their getting their um, personality up and going and, having that, um, you know, ticker for the club. So that's one thing I like about Mason Redmond is he, he does show passion for the footy club and we've called for that uh, throughout the year, mate. We want players to play for the jumper. Well, I think Mason's definitely one of those. Uh, the next player was Brendan Zerk Thatcher and he had to make some uh, important stops in the second half. Uh, what did you think of his game, mate? Yeah, look, I think he uh, sort of warmed into it. Um, you know, he, he sort of got the seven disposals in the end, um, you know, five kicks out of that. But uh, metres gained from those five kicks was just 72 um, metres with a couple of handballs thrown in there. Three marks. So certainly when you look on the stat sheet, it wasn't an impressive game. But, you know, we know that, you know, one of those marks was um, that one just outside 50 when... Hawthorne were trying to um, get it out of there when, he, when we kept on pressuring forward. Um, there was that other one uh, down back that um, you know saved saved us. Uh, you know potentially getting another goal kicked on us. 
So I think there's uh, definitely development there. Uh, and as you say, he played that really important role when Hooker went forward. Uh, he had to stand up down back. Uh, and certainly, uh, you know, he pressured, he harassed. He's not the quickest bloke going around. Um, you know, certainly there were, when he did have the footy, uh, you know, he really lumbers around the ground. So um, I'm not sure if the boys can help him uh, work on his speed work there. But... Um, Look, I think he, he does read the play really well and um, he'll continue to develop in um, not only his ability to sort of read the structures and uh, play to that, but also uh, in his confidence to sort of take the game on a bit more. Uh, and, and I think he's uh, he's going to be a real talent for us. Uh, how do you see his game? Yeah, I think he struggled early, but he was no... Um, he wasn't alone there, you know. we had Most of our players struggled early, but... Yeah, when Hooker went forward, it was just pivotal that he played his part, and I think he did that. You know, um, there's a play up on that half forward flank where he got basically um, the the Hawk player. I think it was um, O'Brien again um, turned him inside out, and yeah, he really loped after him. But fortunately, the Hawks made the poor uh, decision not to. Um, you know, burn him off even further, and they tried to move the ball by foot. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's his area of improvement is going to be, you know, his positioning and not getting, um, you know, out of position so that the um, opposition can get forward and start to um to be damaging. Uh, because there's a lot of player intel that um the opposition has on each player. And if uh, they find out that uh, he's likely to be, uh, you know, overturned, um, you know, in in a contest, uh, more teams will try to make uh, that an advantage to them. So I think he'll definitely uh, learn that craft. I, I'd say Mark Harvey would be talking to him on that. But for a young player, I think he's going to be a big part of our future, especially, as I said, we've got Kyle Hooker, who's uh, coming near the end of his career. Uh, Michael Hurley's 31. So we're going to need these defend- young defenders coming through, and um, I think Brendan Zirk-Thatcher can be one of those. The next player was Braden Ham. Mate, how did you see him? Uh, I didn't notice him a lot on the telecast. Nah, I mean, like, he he kept... I suppose it was a solid trying game uh, from him. But look, only the the five disposals and four of those were handballs uh, with just the one kick. So like, even when he did have the footy, uh, he didn't do a lot with it. Um, and one tackle. Uh, look, I, I I think his his big problem is still his size. Like we just saw a number of uh, areas in the game where he's pushed off, pushed off the footy or not allowed to get into a contest because he was sort of being held out uh, by sort of bigger bodied players. So. Um, It'll remain a, a challenge for him while he is so slight of frame. Um, as you say, he uh, yeah wasn't able to impact on the game too much. Um, but I am um, like he. I still think he's going to be a really good player for us. Um, and the more experience he gets at AFL level, the better he'll be able to read the play and the speed of the game and uh, sort of get more involved there uh, and sort of learn different bits and tricks from the the boys out on the ground. Um, so. Look, I, I suppose you'd have to say it was a below-average game from from Ham, um, but I'm certainly not disappointed uh, because I'm sure he's going to develop into a fine young player 
How do you see it, mate? Yeah, again, he just was a bit unsighted. Uh, not through lack of effort, but as you say, just his positioning and and uh, yeah, he does get uh, yeah, he's undersized, so he does struggle in those contested um, areas of the game. He's one of the hardest runners at the club, so I think eventually, once he learns his craft and knows how to work off players and get uh, you know easier possession. He can be a real damaging player, and uh, he's definitely going to be a player of our future. I know the club rate him highly, and um, you know we're getting a few games into him this year. But I think the main benefit uh, beneficiaries of that is going to be uh, just his knowledge of the game, and hopefully we can look for a big couple of seasons from Braden Ham in the years to come. I thought Andrew Phillips's game was brilliant on the night. I, yeah, he went up against two really good ruckmen, and he, uh, I thought he he won the contest myself. Yeah, look, I think you're probably right there, mate. Like he got the twenty-one hitouts there, um, seven disposals, um, but like with six of those handballs. But those six handballs, oh, actually one of the kicks, um, you know, six clearances he got for that game with one goal assist as well. So. That's a, a pretty big effort. And while he wasn't dominant, um, you know, he certainly helped us out, particularly down back. Um, you know, a lot of uh, sort of punching the ball out of defence and uh, sort of using his body to um, allow us a crack at the contest, particularly early in the game when um, Hawthorne kept peppering it in there. Um, he was one of those ones trying to sort of, uh, you know, get it out. And, and while he wasn't able to sort of take a, a huge number of marks like he, he didn't take a mark for the game um you know i suppose his presence around the ground um was really uh well big for us uh for mine because without him there using his height and his his big frame uh to sort of allow other guys to get in out of the footy um it might have been a very different story so i, I think it was a really solid game for phillips what about you mate well, we dominated the clearances, and I think that was largely done by Andrew Phillips' ruck craft. You know, he got the taps to the right players, and as I said, at one stage we led eleven to one from centre um, bounce clearances. Now that's huge, and uh, you know it couldn't have been done if uh, Andrew Phillips wasn't doing his part in that. So, um, yeah, I thought he had a really good game. Uh, obviously. Sam Draper was rested or managed for the game. Uh, we've got Nat Nui coming up. Uh, it's going to be a tough decision for the club. Do they just go with Draper or they, do they look to play two ruck? It's going to be very interesting um, with match selection. But uh, I think Andrew Phillips definitely has knocked on the door to say, hey, I'm here and I want to keep playing um, in the senior side. So, yeah, really good games by Andrew Phillips. Uh, Mac Welfy, uh, he's uh, got a bit of a continuous run at the footy. Like uh, he's usually one of those players that can be in and out, but he's held his spot for a number of weeks. And uh, he's not flashy, but he is a really uh, good contested player. I think. Yeah, he is. Like he'll throw his body to anything, and I think the reason he's able to get an extended run uh, at the play is because of his versatility. Um, we're sort of able to. You know, plug him into a number of different roles as required by the club, and he'll he'll have a crack at absolutely anything. And like while he wasn't prolific in this game, so he just got the seven disposals uh, with four kicks and three handballs. 
uh, only took the two marks. Um, but I think he's actually worked around the contest, you know, using his body to, um, you know, worry, worry other blokes out of the contest or uh, provide that extra runner through the middle of the ground, um, you know, so the, you know, the Hawks had to pick and choose who to go to. Um, I think it was good for us. Uh, so, I mean, you couldn't say he had any more than a than an average game, but I I, I think it was still um, fairly solid in the in the options he was able to present. Yeah, he was, and as I said, he's not about being flashy. It's about doing the contested work. Uh, we've kind of lamented a few times he's been a bit outclassed and you know, hasn't been able to watch his man. But I thought on the night he did a great job and. Um, yeah, he doesn't rack up a lot of the ball, but I think he's worthy of holding his spot. Uh, next player was Dylan Clark, and again, he found it hard to find the footy. But having said that, he had two shots at goal and kicked both of them. And uh, one was in the goal square, so Joe de Goose, but uh, there was an important kick to put us in front, and he went back and kicked it. And for a guy who's not renowned for his uh, good kicking, uh, that's a pleasing sign to see. Yeah, it is, mate. And look, he was—he didn't have much opportunity on the night, um, and he had the five disposals. But um, to make you know those disposals really count, as you say, he kicked the two goals there. Um, yeah, you know, only took the one mark uh, and two tackles, and with one clearance there. So look, I, I still see that you know we're playing in a position that he's he's not really suited to like if if he's in the side he should be playing in the midfield uh but uh you know he's sort of making do where we can find a spot for him so i'm not sure we can continue to play him there if that's uh, got to be his input but in saying that he has made up uh, the most of his opportunities when he has uh gone down forward and kicked a couple of really important goals for us so um you know, I, I suppose, I mean, for mine, it was still a below-average game because he wasn't able to impact on the game uh, much apart from those uh, those uh, couple of goals, one of those being that sort of cheapy in the goal square. But um, I don't know. What did you have to say for him, mate? Yeah, he was largely unnoticeable during the game, but he took his opportunities when he was presented to him. And uh, I don't think many of us would have picked him to kick a couple of goals in the night, so... Uh, those two goals were quite good. As I said, one was very easy in the goal square, but uh, he did kick that important one to put us in front. And uh, he seems to be a young player that uh, the other young players like to be around. Um, you know, just in the club footage and so forth, you see he's um, quite um, quite in the in group there. It looks like so. Um, you know, he's signed on for next year. Obviously, he's a two year deal, so. Um, He'll be part of the club's future, and uh, I'm a bit confused how we're using him this year. Uh, I think if Dylan's going to make it, it's going to be as a you know, defensive mid, but it's hard to find those midfield minutes. You know, we said earlier in the year it's hard to get you know Darcy Parish minutes and so forth. So uh, it's hard to find more minutes unless you want to play a lockdown uh, player. So um, yeah, that's. That's the uh, the real making of Dylan Clark is going to be how the club want to use him. And it, uh, if he is seen in the club's future as a defensive mid, I think that's his best uh, area of growth. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a player that's going to be made into a half-forward flanker 
or a half-back flanker. I just think his kicking's not uh, good enough for that. But, um, yeah, we'll wait and see how they use him. Uh, the next player we've got, mate, is uh, Will Snelling. And uh, I didn't notice Will that often, but I did notice him around the contest, you know, trying to tackle and that. How did you see his game? To be honest with you, mate, and it might sound a bit uh, sort of funny, but I actually think he had a really solid game. The disappointing thing, though, um, from my point of view, is we seem to be using as a, a bit of an inside mid. Um, and he's, I've sort of said it you know, in previous podcasts that he's he's not really built for that. But you know, he's he is that guy that's willing to get in and under and everything like that. So. Uh, all of his 12 disposals were handballs because he was getting it in and under in the contest. Um, had seven tackles for the game uh, with two clearances and one goal assist. Um, but like the stats don't tell the story because I certainly saw on a number of occasions him throwing his body in there, uh, really getting in and under to uh, try and get the ball out for us. And whether it was uh, you know a punch forward you know on the ground to get the ball going forward for us or... Um, you know, just little efforts like that, uh, trying to lay a bump and things like that. Oh, he he's throwing himself at everything, and uh, I actually thought it was a, a decent game. I think he played his role, and that's that's the real, uh, I suppose, important thing you need from him. So while not prolific, um, he played a role for us, and yeah, I think he was quite solid. How did you see it, mate? Yeah, again, when I say I didn't notice him, but he seems to get his ball the ball very quickly and quick release, which is understandable, you know, being um, so short and, you know, he's usually getting the ball under pressure. But, yeah, I'm, again, because we've got so many similar players around that same height, um, you wonder how long he can hold his spot. But you've got to say, he's done a great job holding his spot all year. Uh, you know, he's hardly been out of the side and... Um, you know, the club obviously rate him very highly. Uh, it, it must be due to his work ethic and uh, his knowledge around the, the ball, and uh, he's quite a good kick. So, um, Blake Carousella and Ben Rutten obviously see something in Will, and uh, that you presume he'll be part of our future as well. Uh, the next player was Adam Sard, and mate, I wanted to give him votes because. He, again, was everywhere and worked so hard. And a lot of his uh, kicks were a little bit scrappy because he just threw it onto his boot. But uh, it was great to see him back in some really good form. Yeah, mate. As I say, he was, uh, it was everywhere, particularly in that second half where he just kept on rebounding the footy when Hawthorne kept trying to uh, get it down their end. Uh, so the 19 disposals, 11 kicks from that. Um, with his kicking, I was pretty like I was slightly disappointed uh, with his kicks, particularly early when he just seemed to to sky them up in the air. He's you know he's one of those blokes who can get real good purchase on it and uh, kick the footy a long way. So I think those um, kicks right up into the into the sky were a bit wasted. Um, but you know he took three marks, uh, made three tackles, had a clearance, had a goal assist. Um, and, you know, there were some really good bits of play, particularly in that fourth quarter there where he took the game on, uh, sort of split split the packs and um, got the ball going forward for us, which was just uh, absolutely huge. And 
Look for for his 19 disposals, 526 meters gained, uh, which is absolutely huge and just tells you how important he is uh, running out of that back line to get the ball going forward for us. Um, so I, I, yeah, it was a really good game from Sard and it, yeah, as you say, uh, disappointing we couldn't give him votes, but uh, look, that's just how it sort of crumbled on this occasion. But uh, yeah, another good game from him. Yeah, it was. It was a really good game, and um, it's great to see his run and dare. And um, yeah, will he get his partner in crime in um, Connor McKenna back next week? We'll wait and see. But um, yeah, I thought he was really good on the night. Next player was AMT and kicked a couple of goals. And you know, um, he's such a a good heartbeat for the Bombers, and he seems to be enjoying his footy. Yeah, he is, mate. And look, while he only had the five disposals, uh, so three kicks, two handballs, a uh, couple of marks, three tackles, uh, with a clearance thrown in there for, for good measure. Um, like, I suppose he he kept that pressure game up in terms of, um, you know, if the, the Hawks had the ball in our back 50, he was definitely trying to chase him down, uh, put pressure on their ability to get it out. Uh, which on a couple of occasions, particularly uh, you know Frost, on a, a couple of times he uh, sort of seemed to pack himself when he saw Tipper running towards him. Um, so uh, look, it was one of those games as a small forward, you're not going to get a lot of opportunities. Uh, and again, that's where I was really happy that our forward line functioned much better. You know, with Danaher, with Stewart, with Stringer. So. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't Tipper having to try and carry them all in his own back and like that the first goal that he kicked there, you know, after we'd been stuffed around with it so long, that showed me that he's going, Look, I'm gonna I've gotta take this on my own boot and take the responsibility for this. Uh so I think it was a um yeah, really solid game from Tipper. How about you, mate? Yeah, well uh, he didn't win a lot of the footy, um, but he he's tackling pressure or at least perceived pressure he, he does to the opposition is important and you do see them rush their kick and that does affect the uh, chain effect of the ball getting down their end so um, it's been one of those seasons for him that hasn't quite clicked you know he's not having those huge games he had last year but it's been a funny season in general and I just think he's starting it looks like he's enjoying his footy again um, it's been mentioned he's been away from his mum um, which has been tough for him. And uh, I think he'll be a really big benefactor of um, if we ever get back to normality of the Bombers being back at home. But, um, yeah, he's such an important player and he's so durable. He's you know, survived another season so far and let's hope uh, he can see out this season as well because he's got a, quite a lengthy uh, games on run. I say games on succession. Uh, I think he's second in the AFL, so uh, he's really... You know, it's amazing, really, when you think out of the 2016 season, uh, the last game he missed or the, since his debut was a game where he was managed. So um, he could be a player that hasn't missed a game, really, since his debut. So really good. Uh, is that it, mate? That's it, mate. Yeah, well, um, yeah, well uh, it's a bit easier when we uh, talk about games where we have a win um 
I, I was dreading doing this podcast uh, if we had a continued our form in the first half. That would have been uh, <laughs> would have been a real dire one and um, not one I would have enjoyed to do. Uh, would have been hard for us to keep our cool, but uh, the Bombers you know, really turned it on its head after half time. And uh, you know, let's just hope uh, playing against these better sides coming up, uh, we don't have those kind of halves because uh, we'll be a long way out of the game if we do. And let's just hope there was. Some dramatic learnings out of that game, as uh, John Walsfield would say. And um, this can be the start of the new Bombers. All right, mate, we'll, we'll have a break and we'll come back with our predictions for the uh, side to be named for the Eagles uh, on Monday. The side will be named and we play on a Tuesday night, which will be strange again. You're listening to Don's Cast, and as we come back, we talk about the, what we think will be the selected side for the team to play against the Eagles. And mate, what changes can you see happening? Look, uh, I suppose you never know 100%, but I, I think, you know, with that shortened break, uh, you know, going from a, a Thursday game to then a Tuesday game, well, I think we're definitely going to have to manage some players, and certainly for the bigger blokes, uh, more than more than ever. Um, so I, I see Phillips uh, being sort of managed out of side. Like, it is disappointing because uh, he did play quite a good game. Uh, I'm sure he'd be putting his hand up to play. Uh, but I think when you got a fresh Draper coming back, um, you know, we, and with, like, if we can have Joe Danaher still in there as well, um, like, I don't think we can play three tools like that. Uh, so I see Phillips coming out with Draper coming in. Um, Ham obviously didn't have a, a massive game, so I see um, you know McKenna coming in uh, to take his position. Uh, let's hope McConnor's in a positive frame of mind and sort of happy to play either in the halfback flank or even on a wing. Um, uh, yeah, I suppose a bit of a compromise there. Um, I think he can play both both roles quite well. Certainly, I prefer him on the halfback, but a wing he do uh, just as well, I believe. Um, and then uh, Clark, um, you know, obviously with that, you know, he kicked the two goals but didn't do much else in the night. So if Heppel is fit, um, I could see uh, us making the change there because I certainly think that a, a sort of, yeah, as I said before, like an 85% fit Heppel um, will be able to provide us a bit more around the ground uh, than Clark did in, in the last game. Uh, and look, with Hurley coming back, um, you certainly have to make space for him. Uh, so I see Gleeson uh, sort of you know, stepping out of the side uh, for Hurley. Uh, and I think you know that lineup will um, will look quite good for mine. Um, yeah, what do you reckon about those changes, James? Yeah, I think you're pretty close on the mark. It'll be interesting to see the decision on Danaher. Um, I've seen some feedback saying, you know, it'll be so brain-dead of Essendon to play him so quickly after his first game back, considering the injury he's coming back from. But we also are in a position where if we want to make the finals, we have to actually win. And um, do they go for broke and load up with Joey again? That'll be the big question of this week coming up. Um, Yeah, I think 
if uh, Hurls comes back, which uh, John Worsfold kind of muted, um, I think that would be at uh, Zerk Thatcher's expense, considering uh, Josh Kennedy is going to be um, out of the side. Uh, you know, I think uh, Hurls would come in for Brendan Zerk Thatcher. I'd love to see Heppel in. Uh, you know, we haven't seen him all year, so that would be great. Um, but yeah, I think your the side you've named. The only thing I would change is probably Zerk Thatcher out for Hurley. But um, yeah, it'd be great to see McKenna there, Draper. Um, yeah, I think we've got a lot of things to look forward to in the second half of the year, and um, that's one of them is uh, seeing some of our younger players come through, and uh, Sam Draper can. Uh, finish off the season, pretty good form. Uh, we've got something to look forward to in our new number one ruckman. All right, mate. Was there anything you wanted to add before we finish the show? Nah, mate. I'm just hoping for more showings of that second half from the Bombers rather than that first half, because uh, yeah, they can get stuffed. Uh, so <laughs> uh, let's hope the the Bombers uh, keep on that good form and look. Who knows? Maybe we could. Uh, could give the end of the season a bit of a shake. Yeah, it'd be great to see. Well, until Monday night when we do our um, preview show, let's say go Bombers. Go Dons.